the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Daniel was appointed to rule the hereditary priesthood of the Medes, known as the Magi. And he evidently made such an impact on the Magi that centuries later, when they saw the star in the sky, they remembered what Daniel had told them, and they traveled hundreds of miles to meet this one who was born King of the Jews. What an interesting bit of information. Hmm. You're listening to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and he's in a study in the book of Daniel. He's entitled the series Two Kingdoms, and we'll have all the messages from this series available to review again or download on the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us. This particular series was shared with the congregation back in the summer and fall of 2016. And I mention that because you'll have to scroll down through the archives once you click on the messages link on the homepage. Again, that's highlands.us. We're in the second chapter of Daniel, and Pastor Layton starts us off at verse 31. You saw, O king, and behold, a great image. This image was mighty and of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, and its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found." But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power and the might and the glory, and into whose hand he has given wherever they dwell, the children of men, the beasts of the field and the birds of heaven, making you rule over them, you are the head of gold. Another kingdom inferior to you shall rise after you, and yet a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And there shall be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things. And like iron that crushes it shall break and crush all these. And as you saw the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom. But some of the firmness of iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with the soft clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. As you saw, the iron mixed with soft clay, so they will mix together with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in those days, in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever, just as you saw a stone that was cut from the mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. A great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain, 
and its interpretation sure. Now, Babylon was a city that is described as the fountainhead of pagan religions and heathen idols. It was filled with temples and it was filled with idols. And Nebuchadnezzar was his king. And no doubt he oftentimes visited those temples and bowed down before those statues. It was a a language, if you will, an imagery that he was familiar with. God chose to use a language that Nebuchadnezzar was familiar with. And the image that Nebuchadnezzar beheld in his dream depicted what Jesus called the times of the Gentiles in Luke 21, a time that began in 605 B.C. when Jerusalem was taken by Nebuchadnezzar and will end when Christ returns to establish his kingdom. And during the times of the Gentiles, there will be four successive kingdoms, climaxed by a fifth kingdom that will destroy the other four and fill the earth. Now, these four kingdoms are represented by the different metals in the image. The head of gold represents Nebuchadnezzar in the Babylonian kingdom. The chest of arms and and arms of silver represents the Medo-Persian kingdom, led by Darius the Mede, who conquered Babylon. The belly and the thighs of bronze is the kingdom of Greece under Alexander the Great who established what might have been the largest empire of ancient times and who died in 323 B.C. His kingdom was divided among four of his generals. Now, the explanation of this carries with it some very important and profound messages. First, it tells us that God is in control of history, that uh, he knows the future because he planned the future. And he doesn't need a plan B. Now, this doesn't mean that God is to blame for all of the evil that leaders and people do. Secondly, the the dream reveals that human efforts and organizations decline as time goes on. The statue represents a timeline from the head to its feet. And the values of the metals that are distinct in that image decline in value from gold to silver to bronze to iron. Furthermore, we're told that the weight of gold is such that it made the statue top-heavy and easy to topple. And that's one reason why we talk about how easy it is for governments to be toppled. There's a third truth, and that's this, that as time continues on, it's going to be more and more difficult to hold things together as we approach the end of the age. The clay robs the iron of its ability to hold things together. Now we're living in a time when it's difficult to hold things together. It's difficult to hold nations together. It's difficult to hold cities together. We're seeing that on the nightly news. It's getting more and more difficult to hold marriages together and families together, and businesses together. It's getting more and more difficult to hold things together. And then the image gives us a fourth truth, and that is Jesus Christ will return, He will destroy His enemies, and He will establish His kingdom. The phrase without hands is used in Scripture to indicate something that is not done by human power, by human strength, by human design. It refers to something that only God can do. What it says is that the world is going to be delivered from evil 
upon the promised return of Christ Jesus, that he will establish his kingdom and it will fill the whole earth. And when we consider these truths, our thoughts should be those of joy and confidence, knowing that the Lord has everything under control and that will one day reign on this earth. You see, our hope is not in governments. It's not in political parties. It's not in candidates. It's not in moral crusades. It's not in our employer. It's not in our bank account. It's not in the value of real estate. It's not in the value of stocks. Our hope is in the Lord. And it's only Christ's kingdom that is going to last forever. Nebuchadnezzar ruled from 605 to 562, but Jesus Christ's, his kingdom is going to reign forever and ever. His kingdom is going to be without end. And we have been invited to be an eternal part of that eternal kingdom. Daniel is dead, but he's not going to stay dead. Someday we might die but we're not going to stay dead. And when we rise again, we're going to spend eternity in one of two places. And as for me, I want to spend it in Christ's kingdom. I want to be in Christ's kingdom. I don't want to be in the other place. And furthermore, I want to take as many people as I can with me. And that's what this church is about. That's why we share the gospel. We want to to end up in Christ's kingdom and we want to take as many people as we can with us. Amen. Verse 46, then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, truly your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel made a request of the king, and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained at the king's court. You know, we accept that this prophecy is from God because it's been fulfilled. We have seen what the connection is between this and and the history of the world. But to Nebuchadnezzar, it was describing things in the future that he hadn't seen. He accepted this message is from God because the dream itself, which he had held secret, was revealed to him by Daniel along with its interpretation. He fulfilled his promise to Daniel just as Pharaoh fulfilled his promise to Joseph in Egypt and promoted him. He made Daniel rule over the province of Babylon and at Daniel's request his three friends were also put in offices as well, what started out as something that appeared like it might be a tragedy was a triumph and gave opportunity for God to be glorified and revealed. Daniel was appointed to rule the hereditary priesthood of the Medes, known as the Magi. Now, some of the Magi held Daniel in resentment because of that, and that led to some intrigues that resulted in the story of Daniel in the lion's den in chapter 6. He believed in a sovereign God. He had a disciplined prayer life. He studied the Word of God, and he believed it. He understood spiritual warfare. 
He sought only to glorify God. He was wise, considerate, and tactful towards others. And Daniel was in a growth group. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely, and this is Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And obviously, Pastor Leighton believes strongly in the power and the importance of growth groups. That concept of getting together with others for study and encouragement will come up over and over again throughout this series in the book of Daniel. There are many growth groups at Church of the Highlands, and they will meet again as soon as possible. Details about those groups can be found at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Please pray for this broadcast. These are difficult times for all of us, and study verse by verse is certainly not exempt. We are having to make some very painful decisions about how we're going to continue this broadcast, and your input and your encouragement would mean a great deal. You can share your thoughts with us through the website at highlands.us or by calling 650-873-4095. That's 650-873-4095. I'm Mike Trout, inviting you back tomorrow at this same time when we'll gather once again to study verse by verse.